here's something for you to percolate on. Life is hard, right? What are you going to do about it? That is the key message in this podcast with my guest, who is an evolution coach and business strategist. And she is here to inspire and motivate people to step into whatever is occurring in life, no matter how good or bad it is, and use it as a catalyst to activate your resilience, your creativity, and your power so that you can thrive amidst all of life's ups and downs and see that change is not a sign of failure, but rather an opportunity to evolve. So if that sounds good to you, let's dive in. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. Stacey Brass Russell is the founder of Inspired Evolution. She's based in New York City. She's a master life coach and a business strategy, and she has over 20 years experience of teaching yoga at the highest level certifications. She's got amazing clients from all over the world that she works with. She owned her own yoga studio. She's been on Broadway and she's culminated this amazing experience of living life to the full into her coaching practice. We had an absolutely beautiful chat. We covered so many things, but actually really tools for you to step into your greatness and thrive, including going over her story and the four decades from Broadway performer to successful yoga instructor to six-figure coach and entrepreneur, and then how you can use a lot of specific and new practical tools immediately so that you can start to work on your mindset, your personal development. You can incorporate neuroscience, yoga, philosophy, movement, breath, and connection into your everyday rituals and habits so that you really set yourself off on the right foot. We talked about visualization, one of my favorite topics, and the power of it and how you can change your thoughts, your minds, your actions and behaviors by imagining a world that you want to be in and exactly and specifically what you want to ask the universe for. It was just such a beautiful conversation. I hope you're going to get a lot out of this. You're going to find your own rituals, some beautiful habits that serve you really well, and it's going to leave you energized and inspired. So without further ado, let's dive in. Stacey Brass Russell, welcome to the Untapped Podcast. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. It's so great to be here. You got this big Cheshire cat grin on you, which I love, and I know you're a fan <laughs> of cats as well. So before we dive into what we're going to discuss today, which I know we're going to cover so many gold nuggets, I'd love for my listeners to learn how you tap into your potential and get paid to be you. Mm, I love that question. Well, I tap into my potential by having a lot of practices that I do. I've been practicing yoga for more than 20 years, and I incorporate so many of those practices and a lot of mindset to really feel like I am connecting to me 
And I get paid to be, <laughs> to tap into my potential and be me by being a coach. I have evolved many times in my career. I've always been paid actually to use my gifts. I was an actress when I first started making money when I was 10 years old. And everything I've done in my whole, my whole life and all of my different sort of evolving careers has been using my message and my passion and bringing inspiration to other people. And so right now in my current incarnation, I'm a evolution life coach and a creative business strategist. I love it. And I'd also love to obviously talk to you about the journey of how you've gotten there, because I always find this so fascinating, just because I also think for people listening, they can sometimes see a little bit of themselves in that, or it gives them inspiration as to the many varied paths that one can take in order to get to where they are now, which may not be their final destination, right? Like, because I think as you are an evolutionary coach, we're always evolving. But talk to me a little bit about how starting out getting paid for acting, and then I believe you went on to Broadway and performing. I just love to know a little bit more about how that's made Stacy the Stacy that she is. Yeah. So a big part of my sort of claim to fame is that I was in the original production of Annie on Broadway when I was 10 years old. So I was an orphan (laughs) and at that time, and that was in 1978, and Annie was like taking over. It was kind of like the Hamilton of 1978. Yeah, and it's so one of my favorite Annie, shows. Yes, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> being in Annie was every little girl wanted to mm-hmm. be in Annie. So being able to be cast in the show when I was 10 was such a monumental, you know, event in my life. Started me off on a trajectory to, I didn't even consider being anything other than a professional actress, performer. I went to NYU because I was already a working performer and I didn't want to leave New York City. And so, you know, in my mind, I was never going to be anything other than a performer. But my life had some unexpected changes. My father passed away when I was 19, mid-college. And on the other hand, got cast in my next Broadway show, which was Fiddler on the Roof, which I took a leave of absence from college to do. And the combination of sort of the personal life financial change, like all of a sudden we didn't have the same income and things were really shifting. And I had this wonderful, again, success in my career. The combination made it that I didn't go back to college and being an actor in New York, even when you're successful, like you're in a Broadway show. And I was still in my early twenties and it was not that easy to support myself. You know, a lot of my friends coming out of college, their parents We're still paying their rent or paying for their lessons, you know, whatever it is that you need to upkeep yourself. And so I I spent a lot of time in the business working a lot. I have had a lot of success in show business, but I'm not going to lie. Anytime I wasn't in a show, I had to make money. So it was always that sort of toggling between the wonderfulness of getting cast in something and then those times when you had to wait tables or figure out how to make money in between jobs. And I spent so much time doing that. And again, that is your life, even when you're successful. I mean, I was in lots of commercials and on Law and Order, my requisite episode of Law and Order and everything. But I really don't like waiting tables. (laughs) Like it's not my, I don't enjoy it. And so I had the opportunity to do a yoga teacher training. I had just started practicing yoga, which made perfect sense. I was a dancer and yoga felt like I had discovered the most wonderful thing. And I do want to hear Natalie from you, because I know in your introduction, you say that you love handstands and it made me think 
is that a yoga reference? But or it could be a gymnastics reference. Or it's just that um, I love doing handstands and cartwheels. I think I used to do a little gymnastics at school, and uh-huh. I do do I do yoga daily. But it's just the okay. thing that makes me feel if I can still do it, that I'm still young and yeah. pliable and malleable. And I think you should never lose that. Yeah, I yeah. totally thought it was a yoga reference. I was like, <laughs> but yeah. So I started practicing yoga, and I had the opportunity to do a, a yoga teacher training, and it seemed like if I could make money teaching yoga when I'm not acting, that would be so much more fulfilling and it would be using so much more of my passion than waiting tables. And so even at that time, there was something in me that thought, go with what would make you happy to do. Don't just suffer through money-making jobs, even just so that you can be an actor. And so I started teaching yoga and all of a sudden I became very popular as a teacher and I was getting lots of classes and I was making money. And even though I made money as an actor, this money was more consistent. And all of a sudden I saw this opportunity to like pay off my student loans and get an apartment. Like I had always been having to be someone's roommate or living in a sublet. And all of a sudden my yoga career started becoming lucrative enough. And it felt like I was using all of my talent. It felt like I was using my charisma and my voice and my love of movement and my love of philosophy and spirituality. And so it started, didn't feel like it was my other job from acting. It kind of felt like they were both what I do. And then I had the opportunity to open a yoga studio, which I did. So I became a small business owner in New York, which was quite challenging. And so, and I still, I kind of left the show business model of auditioning because it was really feeling Again, it was just, I was felt exhausted and like I was always waiting for other people to decide if I got to do the job, you know, that feeling Mm of it's up to someone else. They have to decide if you, yeah, Yeah. they have to decide if you can do your passionate work or Mm -hmm. even if you can audition. And so when I started making more money as a yoga teacher, I actually just started doing my own thing. Like I hired a musical director and I gave myself this freedom to be me, like not to worry about having to fit into the model of getting a part, but just sort of like, what do I want to sing? Or how do I want to talk to the audience? And I started doing that. But then when I was owning the studio, (laughs) it was hard to do that because owning a business is, especially if you have business partners, it was a little challenging. And so because that stopped being totally fulfilling and I started feeling like, some of the yoga was being lost because you have to make business choices that don't necessarily feel like you're able to just keep in integrity. Like I just, I didn't want to have to start commercializing yoga or trying to train millions of people to be teachers just to make more money for my studio, you know? And so it just stopped feeling in alignment. And that was when I decided to do my health coaching training. And from there, I did my life coaching training. And the evolution for me of becoming a life coach and a business strategist was really because of what I just shared with you, because so many people that were my yoga students for 20 years and that were meeting me in this current incarnation as a 50-year-old woman who built, I built a six-figure coaching business in one year. You know, I'm a course creator, owned a yoga studio. You know, I trained teachers to be teachers. I certified people. So I had so much experience creating content and courses and messaging. I mean, I'd been sitting in a room for 20 years 
talking to people about like what I think is a good perspective to have on how to use the tools mm -hmm. of yoga and mindset to live a life that feels good, you know, and to not feel like everything is an obstacle. And I think that like life is really hard and we have a lot of challenges that come up and yet it is possible to respond to those challenges and keep making changes. And because people that have known me for so long knew that that's my life, they started coming to me and especially people that realized that their journey had been similar in that they started doing something to make money on the side from what their passion was. And then all of a sudden the money job took over and it became what they were doing. And 10 years goes by and you realize, wait a minute, I thought I was going to be whatever, this performer or this creative person, or I thought I was going to be doing this meaningful work that, that I went to school for. And then I had to make money. I had to pay my loans. I had to pay rent. I had to raise a family. And here I am 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, and I'm not doing what I feel like I was supposed to be doing. And I think because people know that I have not let that happen. Every time I started to feel like that was happening, I have recalibrated and thought, wait a minute, I don't want to be stuck here. What am I going to do next? And it's hard. It's hard to keep reinventing or changing, but it's possible. And I think yeah. it's actually what we are meant to do if we're really going to stay in the present moment and really keep observing life. Life doesn't sit still. And for yeah, us personally so to grow as well and find our new edges and follow our yeah. new passions and what we're interested in, because certainly throughout life, and I'm sure you've seen this across the decades, every decade or every five years even brings this kind of new interest, I think, in a different subject or topic. Like right now, I'm really interested in learning more about permaculture because we have a lifestyle property. We have 10 acres. We're planting trees. We're creating Hugel Gartens, which is a form of permaculture. And We've been watching YouTube videos on these amazing people with 20 years experience on how to grow anything and everything. And I'm like, wow, this is so exciting because even though I've often loved gardening, this just feels like the whole new level, like my next level of personal journey to learning how to steward the land and grow more of beautiful fresh vegetables, maybe even start a community garden. So it's quite exciting. And it's off to the side of my main business of helping empowering women to earn more money and make more impact. But I know what you mean. It's like listening to that whisper in your heart, following it more, and then taking that journey. So I'd love for you to maybe share a couple of your practical tools and all the lessons that you've learned over your decades of experience and all these different modalities for people who are maybe in this place right now. They're wanting to shift. They're wanting to change. They don't want to drop everything for fear of you've still got to have a livelihood. What are some of the tools and, I guess, systems that you use with your clients to help them understand what it is that they want to be doing and how they can best show up in the world. Yeah. So I actually created a system that I call Evolve, <laughs> my system of change. And it's kind of a bringing together of yoga. So I just want to share one thing for me that evolved out of so many years of practicing yoga was for me, a very clear understanding of that yoga practices or teaching, and I don't mean just the poses, but I mean just the whole word yoga, <laughs> the philosophy, the spirituality, that it's really meant to create a fertile ground for action and for choice and for clarity. It's not meant to go into some sort of Zen peace out state where you just, nothing bothers you. It's really meant to get you ready to be able to take action. So 
so many of the principles from yoga are things that I think are so important for exactly what you just asked. Like, what do you do when you feel like you're maybe on the cusp where it feels like sometimes it's just like a little whisper, like you said, and sometimes you're really uncomfortable. Sometimes you're just starting to really think that you're not enjoying your experience anymore. And what do you do? And so the very first thing that I work with people on is what I call expansion, because when we're having a challenge or a difficulty, or we start becoming aware of what we're not enjoying, or I call it right, or what we're not liking about our experience, we start to hone in on that. And it starts to become something that we're more aware of than we are of anything else. Like that becomes the thing, you know, like your lens hones in on it and it just becomes like all you can see. And so one of the first things that we have to be able to do is what I call expand, which is to widen the lens and to start to see all of the things, first of all, that are going well, right? Because when we're feeling like things are not going well, it's never that everything is not going well. We're just not seeing everything. So this widening of the lens and taking almost like not taking stock, but really looking around at what is going well and then reminding ourselves, what are the things that we really love to do? Because I know for a fact that when people get to this point, usually they've stopped doing things that give them that feeling of inspiration or the things that they really love to do. And the way you just spoke about the perma, you know, about the gardening and about this new venture, I feel that that's so important. When you were talking about it, I was like, yes, like we always have to be engaging in the activities that sort of like excite us or that make us feel like we're in a learning phase or that even just give us this spark of life. Like for me, even though I don't audition for shows anymore, and it's not what I do, I would not be able to live if I didn't have access to going to the theater and going to live performances because that my DNA is, I'm so connected to that, that like the way that that gives me the feeling of connection to like the spark of life. If I'm not doing that, I really do think that I would start, you know, really going my vibration would get so low that I don't think I'd be able to take empowered action. So I do think that re-evaluating what it is that does that for you is the first step. I think it's very important. And then we go through a whole process of having the ability to visualize what it is that you'd like. Because again, the way that our brains work is we are, I get on a first call with someone and I'll say, so tell me what you'd like. And the answer to that is everything that they don't want and that they don't like. And I have to remind people over and over, I say, okay, great. I get it. I totally get what you don't want. Now, what would you like instead? And, you know, it takes a lot to start to shift that lens. So these are the beginnings is being able to create vision again for yourself, because usually when someone is in a state of feeling like they don't know what they're going to do, they haven't allowed themselves to start daydreaming again and going back into that vision state, right? Connecting to what you love taking that step back and starting to really remind yourself of what is going well. Now, of course, it just also depends on what the circumstances are. I mean, I've, it's painful when you're going through a traumatic thing in life where maybe you've got fired or someone's died or you have loss. And that's different than the whisper that just starts coming up in you where you have a job and you're sort of like starting to realize, 
I don't even like waking up and going to do this anymore, you know, and those are different circumstances. I don't know if I answered your question that well, but I, no, no, I think <laughs> you did. I did. I love that. And just really getting clear on that first step, because I think it's so important. The visualization aspect is so fascinating to me because I've actually used it as a really powerful tool throughout my life. And I say this, it's so funny because I was just finishing doing the final run through of my book manuscript, my third book. And Throughout the whole thing, the thing that came very clear to me is how often I use visualization to get the exact result that I want. And I'm curious because in the last year or so, I found that harder to do than ever before. And I have my vision board up in front of me. Well, actually, it's my life canvas where I'm very clear on my three-year journey of in the present tense, et cetera. But the day-to-day visualization of how I want to show up and how I want to feel and how I want to serve and the intention behind it has definitely been harder to do because I think with a lot that's happened in the last year, it's been easy to distract yourself with the worries of the world and the pain that's felt and the chaos and the craziness. So how do you center yourself and get back to that that core visualization every day? How long should one spend? You know, I know there's not these hard and tight rules, but I'd love to get some of your tips that you share with your clients on how to fit it in. And I know it sounds terrible because I actually feel it should probably be the first thing you do. I've spent a lot of time, you know, when I was a teacher, a yoga teacher, you go and you teach yoga at the times that people want to go take yoga class. So you're the one teaching yoga, either first thing in the morning or at prime time, like right after work. And it took me a little while after I started my coaching practice and I'm an entrepreneur, I can make my own schedule. And it took me a little while to shift out of the mindset of that. I had to work at those same hours because the truth is that I really need my morning to be my best self. And slowly, I've actually stopped. I don't really take a client unless like I have someone who's in a time zone. I've had like two clients that were literally in like 12 hours away from me and we have to really be creative. But other than that, I've really learned that I don't make myself available for client calls until sometimes 10, 30, 11 in the morning, because there's an exercise class that I love to take at nine. And it really is an important thing for me to do. I wake up in the morning and I just do a review of my day. I have Oracle. I have a lot of Oracle cards. I love (laughs) to pull a card. I like to, I have a, I don't feel like you have to do the exact same thing every day. I always talk about this. I'm like rituals, You get to create your own rituals. As long as you know stuff that works for you, as long as you know that if you pull a card and sit and breathe for five minutes and (laughs) wave a stick of incense around, if that works for you, great. If doing 20 minutes of yoga or if doing a vibrant cardio practice, but I do believe that we need to intentionally start our day. I have some clients that come to me and they are sharing how disturbing news and social media can be for them. And we have to put a practice in place of, well, then don't look at your phone. And it becomes a discipline when you really do the work to ask yourself, what is triggering what I don't like? And then you have to be willing to make new habits. And it's not always easy because of course, the first thing that we want to do is grab for our phone or whatever. But when you recognize how different things impact you, you have to start to control what comes into your senses, right? And so I think mornings are really important. I know that not everybody has the luxury. I don't have kids. I work for myself. So I know that like I have great benefit that some people don't have. And yet whenever I work with anyone, I say, well, then let's figure out 
what this looks like for you. Like what would be the number one most important thing for you to do? And I call it like, it's sort of like there's this space between when you wake up and when other people or other influences are going to enter into your energetic Mm. sphere. And how can you create, even if it's a little boundary, if it feels good to you, if it's five minutes, it can Mm. be so impactful if it's intentional and if you understand how it's impacting you. So I do think that mornings, even just for like recognizing what you need to do, like when you first wake up, even if it's just for a short period of time are really, really important for me. Three years ago, I started a habit that now I can't live without, which is that I'm a notorious, horrible water drinker. I was never raised to drink lots of water. I was never one of those people that just like carries a water bottle around and drinks all day long. And I should be, I was a singer, you know, I'm a singer, a healthy person. And three years ago about, I started a habit, which is that I drink like a mason jar, a huge jar Mm -hmm. of water when I wake up that my husband and I now, it's like our routine. We prepare it the night before with like some lemon and cucumber. And we make these mason jars and we I have mine on my nightstand and I wake up and the very first thing I do is I sit quietly and I drink 32 ounces of water. And I'm going to tell you that (laughs) I feel like it's like a life-changing habit. It's a life-changing habit for me because it's not only the hydration, but it's also that it takes some time to drink it. And it almost like builds in this sort of water meditation. Yeah. (laughs) beautiful just your time to be and I could so see that in our bedroom because we keep the curtains open often and we look straight out into trees and everything and it's just I often just sit and gaze out that window so I love that I also drink water first thing I have my lemon water but I certainly don't drink a big mason jar and I know how super important it is to hydrate yourself first thing so I love that that could just be the simplest life changer for somebody else listening so thank you for sharing yeah I mean I think also isn't it Well, and also things don't have to be long. It's something that I learned so long ago too. Like if when you're like a person who likes to exercise or you're a yogi or you're into personal growth and development, whatever it is, I think that like there's this weird thing where we think that the only thing that counts is if we can do it for an hour. You know, it's Mm. like exercise classes are an hour. (laughs) And so what happens is we get into this mindset where like if we don't have three hours to do all of this wonderful stuff to work out and to shower and to meditate and to make a healthy breakfast. And if we don't have three hours for that, then it's almost like, then I can't do it at all. And something that I really have tried to help other people with for so long was I'll say, yes, it's true. You learned how to do yoga by going to a class that's an hour long, but you know what? doing one pose and breathing and doing that one pose with your whole attention, doing down dog and child's pose is yoga. And if that's all you have time for, do it because it will make a difference. It actually will make a difference in your day. You don't have to have 45 minutes or an hour to practice on those days. Great do it, but you don't have to. And that's a big thing that I've tried to encourage so many people to do is to realize that getting your breath going, getting your life force moving, moving your body, making sure that you're not stagnant. It only takes a few minutes. It can make the whole difference between how you show up, how you do your business, what you said earlier, how you get out of your own 
It's like, if you do what we do and you spend all day serving other people and you want to show up for your clients and you're there for them to empower them and you're there to sort of get your own stuff out of the way so that you can simply be present for them. The best way to do that is to, even if it's just a few minutes, is to just tap into your own energetic flow, your life force to get connected so that you can just be present and then show up and then at the end of your day, if you want to go back to all the things that we have to think about, like about the world and what our part is and how does my mission, you know, sometimes I think how wonderful that I help people use their passionate gifts and skills to create businesses. And then on the other hand, I'm like, and that's a, it's kind of like, my husband calls it like a high class problem to have. Like, <laughs> I love that Stacey. I also love the fact that just as you were speaking, you know, I'm a huge fan of 10 minute yoga sessions in the morning, 10 to 20 or 30 minutes, but even just the 10 minute yoga with Cassandra, I love it because she's really tapped into the fact that people are often time poor in the morning, but that 10 minutes can literally make you feel like a million dollars, which is what I often say about yoga. I'm also a big fan of 10 to 20 minute meditation sessions and in just 20 minutes a day you can set yourself off on this beautiful foot along with drinking water and then I think the other thing that we talked about with that visualization piece is if we were to stop going to the phones which is a massive problem I'm talking about for myself as well but I've really made an effort in the last year or two to put it in another room to put the charging in another device and actually just take that time to do the visualization. So even though I said I struggled with it, the more I invest that time in thinking about how I want things to be and exactly what I would want for the day, that's where my focus and time and attention goes. Suddenly that turns up and that is versus being, as you said, in your phone, on your emails and in other people's worlds with their beck and call and at their attention. It's incredible really that we don't just make that flick and go, wouldn't it be better to invest that 20 minutes of scrolling into 20 minutes of visualization and just seeing where that would go or well, five minutes, three times a day. I think it would be incredible. So I'm putting it out there as a challenge to my untapped listeners just this week, put your phone aside and use that time, time yourself on the phone and instead use that to sit and think about all the things that you love and you want to be doing and how good that feels when you're serving the people in your business or doing the things that you love, because as you said, Stacey, you know, what you focus on is where your energy goes and it starts to flow and it really becomes your reality. So I'm just saying it because I always have to like almost just smack myself over the hand on this. Like where you put your energy and invest your time is exactly the results that you're going to get. So you might as well put it into the things that you love and want to be doing. Yeah. I love to do what I call future declarations. So you can do them for any period of time. Sometimes it's nice to do it for the quarter But, you know, I led a workshop last week or for the new year called Let Go to Let In. And it was all about setting yourself up for 2021. And then I did another workshop right after that called Reverse Engineer. So that was more like of a strategy, like let's talk about what goals you have for your business for the end of the year. And then what does that mean you need to be doing like each quarter? And at the end of that workshop, I said, great, now we're going to create our future declaration. And the way it goes is, it's December 31st, 2021. And I, and then you fill in the blank, you know, and I made $300,000. I worked with, I listened to an episode of your podcast where you talked about helping a thousand women. So yours would have that. It would be like, and I've helped a thousand women make $10,000 a month and donate 1% of their profit, whatever that was. And then we write, we write and my business is thriving. I'm 
working with my soul line clients. I've published my first book and my podcast increased by 20,000 followers. And you can do that for any period of time. I love doing one for the end of a whole year because I, mm-hmm. I think that's really great to sort of, and I always say like, it should be a stretch goal. Mm-hmm. It should not seem like, you know, how you're going to do it right now, but you know, it has to be that sort of beacon, but we can do that for any period. Like when I'm launching a program, I'll do a future declaration for the day the program starts or the cart closes, whatever. And I'll say, you know, it's April 20th. That's my next big program. It's April 20th. Out of Overwhelm is filled with 20 incredible women or 20 incredible people who can't wait to create the businesses of their dreams. And I'll create that. I'll write it out as my future declaration. And then I'll visualize that happening. I will visualize the first day of my program with all of these amazing people that have said yes and that I get to work with for five months or whatever. And I do think the universe works this way. I do think that this is part of our dialogue with the universe is when we create visualization, when we create these declarations or statements and we visualize them and we see ourselves having that experience, I really do think that that is a part of how we make sure that we're tapping into the energy that's available to us. I mean, we are living in a highly energized, highly vibrational universe. And if we choose, you know, we can either choose to not pay attention to that, which is fine. I don't have any judgment, but if you want to be someone that goes, you know what, it's here, it's available. Why wouldn't I try to synchronize myself with that. And I think that that is when we use the terms mind body, I always say, I'm like, I make jokes. I'm like, we're all happy to call things a mind body practice or mind body soul. And then I'll often say, I'll say, so what does that mean to you? Like, what does it really mean to you? Like, what does your mind body practice really mean? Or what does it mean to, to do a mind body soul practice? Well, you know, to me, it means really opening yourself up to the possibility that being in sync with the energy of the universe. And to me, that's what visualization is. That tool for me is, is directly connected to telling the universe and I mean, putting it out there and clear you can be the better. Like I am part, you know, I've seen it with my clients. I'm sure you've seen it with yours, but rather than just going, Oh, I'd really like to make a little bit more money this month. I'd like to make $10,000 in my business this month from three incredible clients that come to me. And then suddenly it's like, poof, there they are. And you're like, wow. So ask really specifically from the universe what you want and obviously put your full intention behind it and you will be so surprised at what it delivers. It's been waiting for you to just turn up and go, no, no, this is what I want, universe, not that, this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. When I taught that workshop last week, I told everyone when you're making your goals and your declaration, there should be numbers in there. Mm. Do not, not put numbers. You got to say like, I want to increase my mailing list by 5,000 people, not by, I just want a bigger list (laughs) because bigger could be five more people, (laughs) you know, say what you want. And that's why I also love in my Launch Your Damn Course Accelerator, I get people to put the must hit goal. Like I'd like 50 people in this course. That'd be great. And then knock it out of the ballpark because I think we're also can limit ourselves. If I just need this 20, that's what we all focus in on versus, oh, but I'd really love 40. So again, just asking abundantly for what you want and you'll land with either that amazing result or somewhere in between that level of abundance that you're going to be super happy with. I agree. And I don't know if you come up against this, but when I have, it sounds like you practice this, I practice this. Sometimes when I 
talk about this with clients or teach this on, you know, when I do a workshop or whatever, but here's what I come up against. I think there's a lot of fear that people have of making those big, bold declarations or those big, like really saying it, because I think that they have this fear that if they don't get it, it's going to feel like failure. And I have to tell people all the time, like it won't, it won't, because it's going to get you further than if you don't do it. And when you get, like you just said, when you get the 20 or 30, even though you said the stretch goal was 40, the 20 or 30 is going to be amazing, but you won't necessarily even get the 20 or 30 unless you set that big container for yourself. And so I talk a lot with people about being okay with sort of setting goals and setting these big things. And then knowing that like, it just becomes like a container for you to work within. And if you don't get to the exact big number, you're, you're never going to be let down because you're going to recognize your abundance. You're never going to end up with nothing. And you've already grown and stretched probably well beyond what you wanted as well. Yeah. I really, really love that. And I also love Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich when whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve, because you do have to believe it. You do have to believe it's possible. You don't need the how. You just need to go, no, no, this is possible. I can do this. And the how will often come to you. So I know we can speak about this all day, but it, it works, people. It's well, like, that's the visualization part too. Yes. Because if you can just picture yourself having it, that shifts something in your nervous system, right? Because sometimes when we don't think we can do something, it's because just because we haven't done it yet, right? Yeah. Like if you haven't made $150,000 or $500,000 yet, of course there's a part of you that's like, why would I even think I could do that? I've never done it before. Visualization is a magic tool that tricks your nervous system into thinking that you have done something or something like it. And you can start to feel it. And I do think that that actually starts to give you the feeling of that. Oh, I can see myself having that. That's like putting the little wedge in the doorway. And I know you've studied this, but neuroscience tells you this, that it actually starts to change and rewires your brain to think in that way and probably even changes your DNA down the track so that you actually are living and breathing that new feeling and way of being and thinking. And the flip side is true. If you are completely in the doldrums and negative Nancy, sorry, no offense to Nancy's out there, or (laughs) just thinking this can't be, this can't be, then it's not going to be because that's exactly what you're putting out. It's just hard sometimes. I'm not going to make excuses, but to always be in that place of, but I just love if you start small and you just start on one little thing, it it really starts to create momentum and excitement and energy. When I read my three-year life vision, even if I'm not in the mood, I'll read it and I actually get inspired by it. And then I can go back and read it again and really put myself in that place and put the energy behind it. So start small and know that it will build and the momentum will be there. And then it's just really exciting because anything's possible. I loved how you said you may not know how to create $150,000 revenue or half a million or even a million, but if you don't ever think about it or visualize yourself being there, then how will you know? Like just visualize what that looks like and get into that groove and just see what happens in the ripple effects that start to become possible. Yeah, it's exciting. This has been such an awesome chat. I know we could go on and on and I know you have a lot more to share, but I think it would just be wonderful to leave the listeners with where is the best place for them to get more Stacey love and learn more about you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So I have a website, which is www.stacybrassrussell.com. I'm assuming that people will see my name in print, but it's S-T-A-C-E-Y. 
B-R-A-S-S-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. So that's my website. And I am offering a gift to your listeners. And I'm really excited about what we talked about because what I'm going to make available to your audience is something that I call my rise and vibe strategy. And it's a morning practice, which is all about what you can do to wake up in the morning. And when you're an entrepreneur or when you're a creative or when you're what we talked about, trying to figure out what you're going to do, you can wake up and it could be really overwhelming because there's probably a million different things you could take action on. You could, you know, what should I do? Should I work on my website? Should I try to create clients? Should I work on a social media post or whatever? And so this is a strategy map that I have created and a little practice that has to do with exactly what we talked about, waking up, getting your blood pumping, tapping into your breath, setting your space, and then diving into this seven-step strategy map that asks you questions that just help you to raise your vibration, get clear on what it is that you want to do for that week or that day, and then know exactly what the next three things are that you should take action on. So that's going to be available on my website. So that would be stacybrassrussell.com slash untapped. So that's where your audience can go for that. And otherwise, yeah, I'm also, of course, I'm on Facebook and I have a really vibrant community there called Passionate and Prosperous, which is my Facebook group. And I do a lot of Facebook lives and trainings in there. And of course, I'm on Instagram. So, but if someone gets on, you know, goes to my website and if they take this gift that I'm offering, then obviously they'll be able to find me and and I'll be able to find them. (laughs) I'm so curious about in the years to come, whether we'll listen back to these interviews and go, oh yeah, Facebook and Instagram, they were things once. I don't know. I could be really wrong, but I do feel like there's a morph change coming in what people are wanting to be on. And I'll be so curious to listen to any content from like even five years ago. What were you on then? Yeah, I've definitely been putting my content on my website, but Facebook really did start out as a good place to be able to gather people before we were using Zoom. I mean, now we can gather people other places. Yeah, all of these tools and platforms have a beautiful use that you can bring people together to share and learn together. So 100% support of them. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Stacey. Please do go and download her free guide for you. I hope it's going to be something that is going to be really powerful for you to start your morning off with the right vibe and intention. Please come across to nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast where you can find this interview and every single other interview with my amazing untapped guests, as well as my solo episodes of which you'll be expecting more this year. Rate and review if you've enjoyed this. And you know what? Do me a favor and just share this episode with a friend. If you really dug it, that is the biggest most beautiful thing you can do to support my work here to share this episode with a friend. I will love you so much. Now please go out into the world and tap into your potential and get paid to be you.